Hello there in podcast land and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where you always have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week you watch a movie, usually a bad one. We crack a couple jokes, give your insight into the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host, Adam. I'm joined by the maestro. Hey, hello, 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 hello. Yes. Hello. And also by Cowboy. Hola, 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 hola. All right. This is the first time we've gotten back to our old kind of choosing of movies. We got all the way through October with the Horror Fest, uh, our Thankful Series and Thanksgiving. Uh, and then we had Misho's birthday pick last week. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, so this week, the movie we are watching is based on a new movie coming out. It's called Wild Mountain Time. Time, T-H-Y-M-E. <laughs> I'm sure it's about cooking or some. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it stars Emily Blunt, so we're choosing an Emily Blunt movie. Oh, thank God, because I thought you were going to do something completely different. Oh, okay. uh, So I went through the movies that she's been through or been on, and I saw this on the list, and I got very excited because I had just finished watching the original version of this from 1939, the day before. So we're doing the 2010 version of Gulliver's Travels. Oh, that makes me feel a little bit better. All right, let's get Watch, into a little bit better. The information part, then we'll get into our opinions. This was directed by Rob Letterman. It stars Jack Black, Jason Siegel, Emily Blunt, Amanda Peet, Billy Conley, and Chris O'Dowd, amongst other people. Uh, synopsis Travel writer Lemuel Gulliver takes an assignment in Bermuda but ends up on the island of Lilliput, where he towers over its tiny citizens. Have you ever seen this movie before? Let's uh, start with Cowboy. No. No, No, I have not. Have you heard of this? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. How about you, (laughs) Mishra? How about you, Mishra? Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, (laughs) I have seen this only in snippets. I didn't actually watch it fully through, mainly because of what I was watching. I'll explain it in the movie. I'll explain it in the, the show more. Uh, this is – when it came out, I was aware of it because I've always been aware of Gulliver's Travels and I was always a fan of it because, like I said, the, the 1939 version of the cartoon, I grew up watching it over and over again. And, in fact, I have it on a Betamax somewhere in this garage. I, I have the, uh, a Betamax version of it because we watched it Wait, you, all the time. You're in a garage? I, I am in a garage, yes. It may look like, like, like it. Yeah. That's a very nice-looking right? garage. Yeah. I've <laughs> – I just feel like every time you walk into that garage, it's like like the weird music coming in. Yes. I've used my exorbitant amount of money to decorate my garage as the living room from Seinfeld, which is what you're saying. I've built all this from scratch myself behind me. Thank you, Zoom Virtual Backgrounds. All right. So (laughs) I I knew this movie existed, but I also knew that it had Jack Black in it. So my hatred for Jack Black overpowered my love for Gulliver's Travels. So I did not see this. And thought it might be time. So, uh, the first thing I want to say about this movie is it is a Jack Black movie. <laughs> yeah. it, th- this is Jack Black as Jack Black is, as he's ever Jack Blacked. I, and that's not a compliment. That's <laughs> the reason I don't like Jack Black is because of movies like this. The, the, his character, his whole everything is just like, oh, dude, you're trying way too hard and you're not even doing good. It's, it's embarrassing. That's that's his shtick. Yeah, but it's the same that's, with Ben Stiller, and, and it's it's same. All right, calm down, Adam Sandler. Calm down. We get your shtick, but pull back on it a little bit because it's not. It's, I don't. I can't. Don't like it. Refuse. That's their jam. You know. So yeah. what what are your thoughts? Hey, Walking so, out the theater. So my, my 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 first thought was, hey, that was the girl from uh, Doctor Who. Which one from Doctor Who? She was wasn't wasn't she. One of the the, the yes, mom Donna. of the king. Oh Donna. yes, Donna, the yes. Doctor Donna. Yes, yeah, that was the first thing I noticed. <laughs> okay, yes, uh, yeah, I didn't see that. She's fantastic. Uh, I don't even was know. it? Wasn't she your favorite at one point? Uh, Catherine Tate. I, I, she was. No, I, I don't know. Did you like? Did you like Rose better than Donna? I think I like Donna better than Rose. Uh, but. As far as non-doctor people, like I, you can't beat River Song for me. That's that's the top really? of my list. River yeah. Song, yeah, favorite not companion. The, not the Impossible Girl. No, I mean Clara. Karen, uh, Clara's good. 
Uh, but I think I like Amy Pond even more than Clara. Uh, but then I have to take <laughs> Amy Pond's daughter over Amy Pond. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched the series. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> Melody. <laughs> Melody song. Uh, anyway. I digress. So um, the movie, it was uh, Jack Blackie. It was... Uh, it was interesting. I liked it. I liked a lot of the one-liners, some of the funny stuff, the not Jack Blackie funny stuff. You know, when he, you know, the, the funny lines and stuff like that, that happened when he wasn't doing the, whole, you know, being crazy Jack Black. Yeah. But they were just like, I, I thought it was really funny when he was sitting there. Okay. This is probably Jack Blackie, but he was, he was telling her, uh, um, what was his name? um, the guy that was in love with the princess, or, uh, uh, Horatio. Horatio. The guy from uh, the How I Met Your Mother, Marshall. Yeah. Yeah, but Horatio, he was telling Horatio how to, uh, you know, uh, woo the princess. Okay. And he was <laughs> behind the wall. And, he, and then he started breaking out into song and stuff like that. I thought that was, that was pretty funny. That I, was funny. I think that was made funny by Jason Siegel. It, it was it was it was funny. Be, despite Jack Black being involved, Jason Siegel, I think, has sold that. Well, didn't, I, he try to, I, didn't he try to do the same thing that um, Steve Martin did with yes, his one movie, Roxanne? Okay. Uh, that's based on Cyrano de Bergerac. That's uh, what they were trying to do. But yeah, it was, it was that kind of vibe, except he was using Prince lyrics. Uh, which, as, as soon as the first line came out, it was like, all right, I see where this is going. And but then Jason Siegel is what actually made that part funny for me. The way he was kind of like, uh, "Here is the next line, I guess." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what do you think about the, the, just Gulliver in, in general, the, the character of Gulliver, and how who he is, and how he got here, and his whole persona? I thought it was interesting how he put out the fire in the beginning of the movie. That's the first note that I have, and. <laughs> actually it's not the first note but it was it was the first part where my eyes had they rolled back any further they they would have made a full revolution in my in my in my eye sockets that's so dumb i i I kind of felt it coming and like please don't go that direction please don't go that that you did you went that direction cool all right (laughs) way to go jack black we're not disappoint (laughs) (laughs) i was watching this movie and every jack black moment i thought of adam and what he was doing while he was watching this. Yeah. It was a lot shaking of head shaking. His head, yes. <laughs> rolling his eyes back in his head. Just Picking up my phone to write something down. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> asking himself why he decided to do this movie. <laughs> right. Especially like when uh, Jack Black takes his top off and goes into the ocean and gets like bombarded by many cannonballs mm-hmm. and then just literally like destroys an entire fleet by. I, I guess rubber banding them back from his belly to their ships. Yeah, that was. I think that's supposed to be a fat joke. He's so fat that it, he, he's, he's just bouncy. So the cannonballs go into his skin a little bit, but they're not strong enough to pierce, so they get shot back out. And he he seems fine until he walks back to the beach, and now you see a bunch of welts, which did not appear through the rest well, of the scenes. He he doesn't welt that fast, you know. It took, <laughs> took a little bit, you know. He's a slow welter. Maybe maybe it was all the strenuous activity of grabbing all the ropes and hauling all the ships back. No, see now I I never read uh, Jonathan Swift's book uh, Gulliver's Travels, so I, I'm not sure what it's actually about or how close this is to that versus my version of Gulliver's Travels, the 1939 version of the, the cartoon. So, but um, so, my- well, go ahead. My guess upon it is it's very, it's only loosely developed from Lilliputian, the least idea about it. I mean, they do do um, a lot of theory behind it in the other films, but in this one, it's just pretty much they, they just use it as the name of the place. But it's supposed to be basically little things become big, big things become small, and I think that's the whole uh, premise of the Swift book novel. Oh, okay. But from the the character of Gulliver that I have uh, come to love from my version of the movie was not a douchebag, not not a crazy person uh, that doesn't have his life together. It was he he seemed if not, if anything proper, uh, just like a proper gentleman that found himself here completely by mistake and made the best of it. Whereas this guy comes in and he's everything is self serving. 
and he's just dumb. He's he's a, he's a baffle. He's Jack Black. It's what he is. <laughs> that, that's that is not the Gulliver that I have in my brain, and that that was very upsetting to me. Do you think the reason why they're doing that is because they're premising towards um, the way society is turning now with a lot of people having trouble becoming a proper gentleman and just kind of doing their own thing? I, like like idiocracy style of things where it's, it's a mirror of, of, of us. Maybe back in that time, that was an average person was Gulliver. And now this average version of us is Jack Black. Maybe. Um, I mean, I, I think in a way, though, the movie, the way Jack Black, uh, I mean, yeah, it was a Jack Black movie. But at the end, he was like, man, I just I just went with everything and I did it because for once I was something, you know, and I think we've all had that feeling deep down inside, you know, like if you were in this situation and you thought nothing would be found out and you were cream of the crop, you were like the big man you know what you would do you know and i i think there was something real about that hmm. i guess but i i can't imagine if if i'm trying to put myself in in this situation if i was in that situation i think the fact that i am already uh 100 100 stories high compared to these little guys that's enough to seal in. I'm the cool guy. I don't need to start making up. Hey, I am Darth Vader. I am also Jack from Titanic. I am also Avatar. I am also Wolverine. I am also all these people. That it's just it goes so far overboard. Like, all right, they already like you. You save them. Great. How about you just go with that and be yourself instead of continually upping the stakes and upping the ante to make yourself better and better. Like you're already pretty uh, pretty up there. Because he didn't like himself. Well, I don't he didn't like, him like himself, and he didn't like himself the way he was. You know, Gulliver. I'm not talking Jack Black. Oh, I see. I'm talking Gulliver. He didn't like who he was, and why. And so now he's in this scenario where, man, I can, I can be whatever I want to be. So I'm going to take all the stuff I know from, you know, me being president of the awesome, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and I can, you know, create everything that's already been created here, but be me. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's I, I can't imagine going that far overboard. I, I, I can't imagine a version of that, but not not nearly to this exaggerated level where like there may be certain stories that I'll accentuate around certain people to like, Hey, I know this is a cool story of mine that actually happened to me. So I'll, I'll focus on those cool stories and that hopefully should give me enough credence, uh, versus other random things. G- give me, give me a cool story that actually happened to you, please. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> well, this one time at band camp. Oh, that was an embellishment. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't go to band camp. <laughs> oh, I, I will tell stories of people I know. If if mine aren't good enough for the situation, I'll pick a story like, oh, my, my buddy, and this happened. And uh, I may take some liberties with it, but it's not going to be – I'm not going to try to pawn off a movie as it happened to me. It'll be uh, maybe one of Maestro's stories that happened at a bar where there was a fight and uh, – he grabbed him by the collar. Do you want this to continue or, or, or something like that? That that's, it's a real story that actually happened to somebody close to me. I won't claim ownership of it, but I'll, I'll tell it as a way to try to be entertaining. But I, I can't imagine taking credit for things that weren't mine. That that's, that feels weird. You're trying too hard to be better than Jack Black, dude. I don't have to try. Seriously. No, <laughs> that, that's that's what I'm saying. You're you're, you're trying. <laughs> yeah, I just I, uh, I, all you have to all you have to say is I didn't make this movie. <laughs> I'm better than Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it, the the character is, is too is too scummy for me to fit in as a Gulliver. That and that's, that's my biggest issue. And again, maybe I read the book and it turns out he is a douchebag, uh, and then I'll have to reconcile with that. But we'll see. And uh, I think that, that's the thing. This is this is their take on Gulliver's travel. I mean, you could take 
any type of person and this is their version of Gulliver's travel. You know, it's the idea of being the big guy in the little area, you know? Yeah. Area. All right. So, uh, the first note that I have here, and which is actually kind of the same thought I had as I was watching the, the original version of Gulliver's travels or the 39 version, the technology that they have, uh, in, in the cartoon, it was kind of you kind of have to take it as a grain of salt. Like, all right, it's a cartoon, whatever, who cares? Uh, and this one as well, they they have the same kind of things where they're able to get Jack Black from the beach to the castle on basically wood. <laughs> it's, it's a wood made machine that rolls. It's uh, I, I would imagine it would be like trying to use toothpicks to support uh. Our bodies. If we try to build a contraption out of toothpicks to support us, I don't think that would work very well. It worked for supposedly the Pyramid of Giza. Pyramids, sorry. I don't know. Coral. I don't know. They, they made it out of toothpicks? No, they uh, used uh, logs in itself to push or pull uh, giant rocks. They were like, wait, 30 times the size of uh, your average rock, I guess. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> It was basically it was a no no small feat, but they used logs, I guess, to transport a person from one section to another, just like they did with the rocks. Okay, that's also, I guess, how they did Stonehenge. Because supposedly, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make a stretcher out of toothpicks. Okay, uh, and we're gonna see if we can get Adam from one end of. <laughs> his house to the other end on toothpicks. Okay, I was about to say you can't test on yourself because you need a Jack Black more figure, and that's closer to closer to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I'm going to take some string that you would make friendship bracelets out, and we're going to tie him down to the toothpicks <laughs> and see if he can't get out. Yeah. I like it. Let's try it. Uh, uh, let's see. Okay. This is a, a common trope in movies that every time it happens, it it bothers me. It where somebody is in a new country where or olden time, or somebody from our day and age goes back to an older day and age, and they say a word that in this case lamass. That guy's a lamass, and like what? What'd you call me? Is that a bad word? And like, no, no, no. It's good. It means really good. That's constantly happening in all of the movies, and it bothers me every single time. Did you just call me dickwad? Yeah, but that means, like, powerful ruler. Like, oh, I'm a dickwad. I'm a great big dickwad. <laughs> I hate when they do that in movies. And, they, and that's – a lot of tropes that they do in movies were done in this movie. So it's, it's just all angry. So before we started this episode, we were talking, and Adam had said that uh, he recorded us doing – random or saying random things and he would record it and use it for a later time in the show and i just keep on coming back to thinking if we recorded adam how many things would he have said in the last 10 minutes would make it sound just as bad or funny like if you took it out of context yeah if you took it out of context like just like a little snippet like like if you like if you just took that snippet where he said ah i'm a big Dumbass, <laughs> or something, whatever. Oh, I'm a, yeah. The, the lame ass. I'm a big lame ass. I'm the biggest lame ass in the world. If you just took that snippet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> lucky for me, I know you guys aren't as technology savvy as I am. And Oh, I recorded it. <laughs> in my brain. Yeah. It's just like one of the many things that happen in this movie that are just like, that's the joke you're going for. It's such an easy. Way, way overdone joke already, and you're gonna put it in here, thinking you're original. I mean, I think the whole thing was, the whole movie was like a way overdone joke. It's Jack Black. All his stuff is way overdone. Yeah, like the part where you rolled your eyes back in your head, and he pulled out his penis and he put out the fire. I mean, you you saw it coming. You're like, don't 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 go there. Oh, he went there. Of course, he went there. It's Jack Black. Oh, I gotta record that too. because oh. he was right by a pool. By the way, like like seconds earlier, he picked up the guards that were kidnapping the girl and dropped them in a giant pool. He couldn't just 
grab the pool of water with his hands and splash it up. No, I'm going to pee. Uh, he, he needed a hose. <laughs> but then he churns and pees directly on the, on, the, on the bad guy. That's another one like, really? Come on. That's too on the nose. I, I just thought it was funny because it was yellow. <laughs> oh god <laughs> so, sorry it smells I, I drink a bunch of sewer water <laughs> yeah well yeah that's their fault though so whatever so now at the, because he peed on everybody he's now the hero uh he peed on everybody he saved the princess turns out you're not such a bad guy you just have smelly pee uh so we're gonna make you the guardian of whatever so now he starts getting the influence this is where again they, they okay so back to earlier what i was saying they already think you're great and they think you're great because you peed on them that's the level of the bar where they have set you're great you peed on us he then still goes on to make all the movies about himself and here's a song that i made it's journey uh, here's a bunch of things all these things he invented it's just too far. They liked you because you peed. They're not. They're not hard to please. So anyway, I mean, he had a giant hose. Yeah. Well, he had a hose. Uh, he was a giant. Oh, I see. <laughs> I did enjoy that uh, he makes friends with Horatio, the uh, Stephen Siegel, and they're having a conversation. Well, uh, Jack Black is walking down the street, but Horatio is having to run across the roof <laughs> as they're having the conversation. I, that was just a funny little gag. Like, yeah, of course, that would, it would be easier for him to sit on his shoulder, but no, this, it's funnier to see him run <laughs> up, up and down the roofs. I did. I, did I think that's the, the only part that I actually like, laughed out loud. Like, ah, that's, that was a good one. I, I enjoyed that one quite a bit. <laughs> uh, so anyway... We have the, the, the main douchebag guy, uh, General Edward, who, since the beginning, doesn't like this guy and is trying to get rid of him and realizes the only way to get rid of him is if we find his boat so he can leave. So they go, they find the boat, and now they're going to repair it. Oh, well, hold on. There was a line. Uh, once he's rising through the, I don't know, royalty or whatever, that because from the beginning, I was very curious about the 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 stuff that they could build. And the king even says, we're actually ridiculously good at building. And I'm, I'm glad that line was there because that helped me with the earlier stuff. Of Not only did they build the whole board to carry him from the beach, they also built a, re- a recliner on it where it was able to lift him up to eye level of, of the king. I mean, that's, that's way advanced technology and physics and all these things that they would have to know. So that one line... We're actually ridiculously good. It's crazy how good we are at building. Like, oh, thanks for that line. Uh, I like this house on the beach. Yeah, that was nice. I, I do. I do like the scene on how they did that. How they showed all the little people making the yep. big stuff. You know, that was that was very cool. I'm I've, I'm always curious. Uh, where do they get all of the the food? Uh, the the food and water and where does he go to the restroom in in this town? Uh, did they build a giant porta potty out <laughs> far away from the village? No, they start a fire. They start a fire. Yeah, and then he puts it out. No, because okay. <laughs> <laughs> at one point at the beginning they're like tossing him bales of hay to eat, but eventually he's gonna. If he were to stay for a week, he'd wipe out like years of their their supplies. Like this is a meal for the entire village, and I'm gonna. It's like a tic tac. Oh, thanks, guys. I didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, I like the way they made his coffee. That was interesting. Did you notice at the beginning when he was making his own coffee, he used a paper towel instead of a coffee filter? He just <laughs> ripped off a paper towel, put it in where the filter is, dropped the coffee beans. Also put the creamer in there, and then it filtered <laughs> out to make the coffee. Like Jesus Christ! What if that works? I'm gonna try that. <laughs> I'm sure it works not, to a not point. The, not the paper towel, the coffee creamer with the, yes. the coffee. <laughs> but <it> was, <laughs> uh, I save a whole step. No. So 
So they find his boat, and he finds his cell phone. His, his iPhone, by the way. This was an old generation iPhone, which is on, uh, uh, working, has power. So at this point, how long do you think he might have been there? A week? Two weeks? It had to have been at least a week. He was there like 10 days. Because they had to have time to build his entire house. Also, he was underground for a couple of days until he... They, dude, yeah. they are ridiculously good builders. <laughs> yeah. Like that house went up in a matter of a day. All right. But Okay, so, but, so let's just say it was a week. The phone is still on, has power. So, Unlike an iPhone. What? <laughs> Assuming that it hadn't been just dunked in, in ocean water for a long period of time before it landed on the beach, that should have killed it alone. Now, it's just sitting out in the sun for a week. Also shouldn't work. And if it is working... Especially, especially considering it was an older version iPhone, not the water-resistant one. Mm. Right? And not to mention it was salt water, too. Exactly. But also, the fact that they're in an area that doesn't have any cell service. That kills you your battery. you get all those messages. Right. Yeah, that too. What the... The voicemails don't download to your phone. I'm pretty sure. I think it's in a cloud somewhere. Especially with an iPhone. Is, is that correct, Maestro? I haven't had an iPhone for as long as you have. Oh, um, back in 2010, uh, I don't think that was a possibility back then because they still had memory cards in the iPhones. Oh, okay. But then how did the messages get through? If there was no reception since before he even came through the portal. So the, yeah, I mean, the Bermuda Triangle is well, widely known to like lose like telemetry and stuff like that. So I'm not surprised as if everything that happened with iPhone is purely magical. <laughs> yes. Because like I said, if there is no service or if there's very bad service, that kills your phone within hours. And it's been a week of it trying to connect to something and maybe even trying to download those voicemails. Uh, which, which, by the way, is uh, Amanda Pete's character. What's her name? Clarence or something? Hmm. Darcy. Wow. I was way off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Darcy is calling to just kind of just chew him out. You lied to me. Uh, I hate you. Ah, you're okay. No, it turns out I hate you. And fantastic. And but we also get a little kind of, what do you call it? Looking forward to the future. Foreshadowing. You get the foreshadowing. Now I have to take out this damn trip, uh, which shortly, yeah, she lands on the beach as well. So now we have her. Mm-hmm. But before she gets there, actually, back to Jack Black, just overdoing it with his narcissism here. They have him recreate Times Square for his own vanity. That You see all the billboards that would be in Times Square are now replaced with him. He's there's even one word. There's a guy, a very muscular body, with his face on it for like a Calvin Klein or a Galvin Gul, Klein or something. Everything yeah. is horribly. Was Gavatar? Yeah, right. Uh, Gulliver at the Opera. Is uh, yeah. like a fan of the Opera? <laughs> Everything that was just so ridiculously self-serving. I see. This, this is the part. Maybe taking it this far is where I I, I lose connection with. Uh, with what Cowboy was saying earlier, like I, that you get how you might exaggerate a little bit, but this is not a little bit. This is crazy amounts. No. Uh, oh, but, oh, by the way, we also saw on the beach when the boat was there, we saw the magazine that Gulliver was reading uh, where it, how to build a robot, which Prince Edward now decides he's going to build to take out Gulliver, which I, I, it looks like he also did in a matter of days or a day. And now they're it's not even just a robot. It's a, a freaking R2-D2 transformer. Yeah. Yep. A little bit of Iron Man. Yeah. It's an R2 transformer man, iron dude, guy. So, that actually looked like the boss from uh, uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl or something like that. You know, where the <laughs> head blew up, you know, was that Dave Lopez? Uh, George Lopez. Yeah. George Lopez. Yeah. George Lopez. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, even the head was all weird. Like they 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 blew up. They had a camera on his head from the inside and then projected it and to the actual face. Yeah, or it was magnified somehow. Yeah, it's very weird. 
And if, if he can build that to try to check out Jack Black, how are they losing the war? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You, you would think they could build, if they built one in one day. Yeah. Seven days, they could build seven of them and have seven of those robots just wipe out the whole. Yeah. Everything. Area. <sighs> you okay? But he gave it a wedging mm. and saved the day. Yeah. So the first time he loses, he loses to the robot. He gets uh, sent out to the island in which they don't speak the name of. <gasps> uh, and then. <laughs> Is that like a Harry Potter reference? We don't speak his name. That's what I got. That's, that was, that was Voldemort. We can't say it. Otherwise, yeah. everyone freaks out. <laughs> yeah. Don't say his name. So he goes to that island, and this is the where I think Mishra was kind of alluding to, where big things get small, small things get big. So now he goes to this island. Now Gulliver is the size of those small people. Yes. And uh, that was just interesting. There's another, like, Jack Black, of course. Of course, you're going to be in a, a dollhouse with a dress on because you're Jack Black, and you say no to nothing. So that whole thing happened. Horatio comes. Once they realize Darcy's there, we got to go find Darcy. We got to save everybody. You got to think about how small Horatio is on that island that's not going to be said. Yeah. I did have that thought. He's got to be slipping through the carpet fibers. How's he, how's he even talking to them? But yeah. Whatever. <laughs> that's a good point. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. They get back to the island. Now I'm going to fight this guy for real. Because the first time I wasn't really fighting and I didn't care about you guys. But you tiny people have grown big in my heart. So I'm going to fight for you. And he proceeds to defeat the robot. While body slamming, doing wrestling moves on this robot. At one point, he, 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 he drops an elbow on this robot. Which, in the earlier scene, he couldn't even move. He tried to push it and it wouldn't move at all. So that should have shattered his elbow, his arm. Everything should have been shattered when he fought this robot, but it was not because this is a Jack Black movie. <laughs> well, just like the G-forces in the Iron Man suit should have killed um, Tony Robert Downey Jr., yeah. Tony Stark, um, especially when he falls from the sky and he hits the ground. I don't care that you're in an iron suit. Those G forces alone would have killed you. Right. Anyway, um, <laughs> superhero landing, superhero landing. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, the, the, the little dude that's in the robot should have been killed when the robot fell over. Yeah. I'm, I'm out of steam on this. Fuck this movie. <laughs> this is your choice I, no, I chose it based on our usual kind of algorithm of choosing movies I, I, yeah, I, I, I get it I get it but I, when, you choose, when you chose this movie I was like wait 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 <laughs> you're picking a Jack Black movie like consciously see, I, don't, I don't want to poison the well with only movies that I actually want to see I, I, I'm trying to be as very fair handed as I can when I'm choosing movies even though I know I'm going to hate it I'll allow it. Even though I know I'm going to hate it, I will let Maestro pick a movie. It's, it's just, I'm trying to be fair <laughs> with everything. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the, the, the actual people, or mostly the princess. The, uh, what's her name? Uh, Emily Blunt, the reason we're watching this movie. That her as a princess, and I, I guess everybody, it, it just was weird. Acting dumb while also being very sophisticated. Yeah, the dumb acting is, is – I don't understand the dumb acting. You know? Yeah, no. It's, it's just way over the top. It, it, yes, I agree. It is over the top. <laughs> it's too much, you one might say. It's too much. I, if I had a hat, I'd put it on backwards. It's yeah. Over the yeah. top, you know? Right. We've gone too far. <laughs> ah. Anything that you liked? Any positive things you want to mention about the movie? The end? Ha! 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 Um, so it means the end of the film. As the, it was when, over. It, when, it, when it ended, it was done. Oh, <laughs> thank God. Thank God. I thought you were talking about the ending sequence where they, there's, for no goddamn reason, there's a whole dancing war. What is it good for? Absolutely not. I. 
Uh, just like before when he did the Prince thing, and when he was like, come on, guys, war? Really? And I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. What is it good for? He did it. Now it's happening. And but then even, that was already disappointing to me when he went with another lyric from a song, and he's probably taking credit for it. Great, you're a hack. Now, not only am I going to use that line, I'm going to dance out an entire thing and do my Jack Black dance and force a man to Pete to also do a stupid dance. And everybody's doing stupid dances to this song, which everybody knows somehow just based on the way he's saying it. Music's playing. I don't know. It's it was that that was. Uh, the worst, the worst, the worst about this movie was the, the way that it ended. How, how much did it bother you that he actually got the girl in the end? That was also very upsetting. He he basically put her life in danger, uh, lied to her, threatened her job, uh, plagiarism, uh, and then now, hey, turns out you're not so bad because you can sing and dance uh, in front of a bunch of little people and knock out a robot. All right, let's be in love. Cool. <sighs> then he becomes the hero and he starts going to far off places and actually becomes a writer. Yeah. Great. Where did he learn to write though? I don't know. He didn't. Wikipedia? Movie had to... <laughs> he's still plagiarizing. He's still copying pasting from other places. But now because she's in love with him, she's <clears throat> allowing it. That's dumb. Or, or he's just telling her about it and she's actually writing it. Hmm. Well, see, there was a snippet where they showed her newspaper where it, it showed her name uh, doing an article and then also Gulliver's Travels is also an article. It seemed like two separate – they were both traveling, writing separately. Uh, who cares? I'm done thinking about this movie. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Not. <laughs> not. Absolutely not. Uh, uh, the, the, there was a decent cast in this movie. Yeah. For it to be this bad makes it extra depressing. I, I love Emily Blunt. Bill, uh, Billy Connolly, one of my favorites. To, to see him as the king. But even him as the king, I feel like he was even like, what are we doing here? He's, uh, why are we talking with all these eths and isses? <laughs> that was a good scene. <laughs> yes. that. that was another good scene. <laughs> we shalleth goeth to the... Like, why are we, why are we doing this? We're smart people. Why do we keep talking this way? <laughs> that was one of the best scenes of the whole movie. Of course, Jack Black wasn't in it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> that was a great scene. Yeah. I, I love Billy Connolly. And uh, Jason Siegel was pretty good. But anything with Jack Black and it was just awful. Even, even Emily Blunt was just uh, – it made me sad to see her playing this role because, like, you're better than this. You're Mary Poppins for Christ's sake. What are, right? you, what are you doing this movie for? Uh, we should have done Mary Poppins. Mm, yeah, but that, see, that doesn't fit in spoilers. <laughs> Why not? Because this is a bad movie. <laughs> uh, we, we do bad movie reviews, mostly, for the most part. The good ones are Thanksgiving and sometimes birthday picks, unless it's Maestro's birthday. Uh, and then... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything I else resemble you- that remark. Uh, yes. Uh, anything you guys want to talk about before we move on to the rest of the game? Uh, no. Yeah. Um, can, we move, can we move on, please? I would love that. Maestro. So, so there's this. Let's, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> let's start back from the beginning. Uh, so he's a writer in the mailroom. <laughs> I would like to relieve this one more time because the story really eludes me. It was also weird. T.J. Miller was in this, which also I love T.J. Miller, the, the weasel from Deadpool. He's, he's in the mailroom, and he's playing a super straight, which is weird. I, I don't think I've seen T.J. Miller play a role this straight the, before. The weird thing is, is like, okay, um, he was – he seemed very tall in this movie, like big in stature. Well, next to Jack Black, yeah. Jack Black's a small guy. But in, in in Deadpool, he seemed like a shorter, stubbier dude. Oh, yeah, next to Ryan Reynolds, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all perspective. <laughs> all right, never mind. It was also um, weird to see him without that's... facial hair. That was also weird for me. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so, 
those are our opinions of the movies. But like I said at the top of the show, we have lots of opinions with zero credentials. Now we're going to actually hear from people who have credentials, the critics and the audience. This is all going to hopefully help you guys with the game, the Rotten Tomatoes game that we're going to play, where I'm going to make you guess the scores of the critics of the audience. If you're not familiar with the scoring system for Rotten Tomatoes, it's an average score between 0 to 100 amongst critics and the audience. 0 to 59 is rotten, 60 to 84 is fresh, 85 and up is certified fresh. Let's start with the audience. Let's do bad reviews first because these are my people. Uh, this is from AT from 2011. A piece of crap and a high waste of time. Any comedy sense is squarely at the actors for taking the role and nothing, uh, not anything witty. Failure on all measures. This is from Jesse O, a super reviewer. Ooh, from 2011. I'd like to know why it's acceptable, for some reason, for kids-slash-family films to be dumbed down to the point where not even the smallest child could enjoy it. And I'm not even sure if this movie was meant for kids only. And there's some jokes here that are definitely meant for the 14-year-olds. I just don't get it. And the ending fucking sucks. The entire Lilliput Town singing War by Edwin Starr. It just makes your movie look like the dirt worst. Yes. Smart people. Smart, smart people. All right, good reviews from the audience. It's from Chris K. Gulliver's Travels is that kind of movie you want to see just to be entertained. Sick of people being only satisfied with movies they don't get at all. Uh, okay. Uh, Lauren P. The most satisfying movie I saw all year. Yep, it's cheesy, it's twisted, and it's weird, but it's sheer hilarious bliss for movie geeks who don't take themselves too seriously. I think that's every Jack Black film. That's yeah. So that's that happened. Uh, that, there was there was a good review that I saw that I didn't want to put in. It said, "If you like Jack Black, you're gonna like this movie." Like, well, no shit. Fuck you. Uh, okay. <laughs> so those are the uh, reviews from the audience. Based on the Rotten Tomato score, zero to hundred, what do you think this rated with the audience? Uh, Speaking of Ryan Reynolds, uh, did you hear recently Vancouver wanted to name a street after Ryan Reynolds? Oh. And he actually responded and he did a – this is not a joke. This is seriously what he responded. He said, uh, very kindly, uh, but very kind, but a hard pass. My brothers would enjoy it too much to say if traffic sucked, everyone will say Ryan Reynolds is a mess. Or Ryan Reynolds is really backed up. <laughs> I like that it. guy is so witty and so smart. Yeah. And just comes up with the best responses to so many cool things. But anyway, um, <laughs> unlike Ryan Reynolds, Jack Black gets a 14 from me. All right, 14 for the audience. Make sure what do you wow, think? that's an unusual number. Why 14? Uh, 15 was too high. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was going to go for an even 30. All right. The audience has this movie, Rodden, of course, at 27%. Oh. All right. Make sure. Look at you. Yep. No, I got that. He went over. You're nuts. <laughs> All right. Let's do the critics now. Let's start with the good reviews first. Kyle Smith from New York Post. Black was already the world's biggest little kid, and he might be the only actor who could have made this movie such nimble fun. No matter how thin the concept, Black always manages to make it his own. He sure made it his own. All right. Betsy Sharkey from Los Angeles Times. Gulliver's Travel is one of those one of those movies that falls between complete disaster and loads of fun. Mild amusement is probably about right. That was a good review. Yeah, they were they were very nice to Jack Black saying he made it his own. Basically he destroyed another movie. Right. <laughs> That's yeah, it's, they're saying the same thing. All right. Bad reviews just, from the top. Just critics. in a nicer way. Exactly. Nicer yeah. way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> it's from Eric D. Snyder from film.com. There is laziness at every turn. In the writing, in the acting, in the filmmaking. Don't reward these Yahoos. All right. Nathan Rabin from AV Club. Like its protagonist, Gulliver's Travels is big, dumb, and slow-moving. A lumbering oaf of a movie that just barely makes it to feature-length via 
of droningly unnecessary production number set to Edwin Starr's War. Uh, makes me happy. All right. Those are the reviews from the top critics. What do you think it was rated on Rotten Tomatoes amongst the top critics? Ooh. That's a good question because there are obviously uh, Jack Black fans. So that which is why they went to the 27. So I'm thinking it went the lower for the critics. Okay. How so much lower? Or at least at least 10%. 10, at least 10 points, at least. All right. So So you're saying 17? Ha! No, I'm saying 20. All right. Cowboy? 17. Oh. Tomato meter has this also as rotten with 20 percent on the nose you get both showcases make sure woo yes i am a jack black fan by the way all right oh of course (laughs) that does not surprise me i know right uh that's why that's why i gave you those (laughs) because usually i look forward to this part of the game but now i'm kind of sad paul giamatti and gary oldman were not in this film we noticed that paul giamatti and gary oldman make films better generally speaking could this film be saved by Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman being in it? And if so, how? Who would Put you take either out? one of them in Jack Black's place. Which one? Either one. Either one? Okay. Either one. Either one. All right. Paul Giamatti. Yeah, Paul have Giamatti. A, at least you'd have a bigger guy in there, you know? Stature. Yeah. Yeah. They okay. Could, they, could still, they could still do the scene where he walks out into the ocean and gets pelted with cannonballs and... <laughs> All right. I would, yes, I would actually have Giovanni, uh, Giovanni as um, Gulliver and Oldman as the antagonist. Okay. See, I was going opposite. I, I want to see uh, Giamatti as the bad guy, the the douchebag that is trying to get the princess. It would make more sense. Why? Yeah, I'm not going to marry that guy. Uh, <laughs> and then Gulliver. Oldman is closer to the Gulliver that I have in my head based on the cartoon. And it, it would take a lot of the, the fun stuff out, make it maybe a little more serious. But I think Oldman can also play kind of wacky if he needed to. So that's my choices. Just not as wacky. Yeah. Which I think would serve this film better if it wasn't as wacky as it was. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's do trivia. This is part of the show where I give you guys little bits of facts or information you may not know about the movie. Playing a princess... Emily Blunt felt this was her girliest role so far in her career. Uh, the Lilliputian Palace is, in reality, Blenheim Palace, which is where former UK Prime Minister Winston Churchill was born. Ooh, which was played by Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Although critics and audience disliked it for being too gross and childish. This is upsetting for me. The scene in which Gulliver saves the king from the fire in the, pl- in the palace by putting it out with his urine is actually taken directly from Jonathan Swift's book. However, in the original novel, the person rescued in this matter is the queen. The only other adaptation to include this scene is Gulliver's Travels from 1996. Oh. So the ping was part of the damn book. The part that I hated most about this movie, outside the war song, <laughs> is from the actual book. Christ. <sighs> the, the stone jail where Lemuel Gulliver is imprisoned was modeled after a natural formation of volcanic origin in the northeast coast of Northern Ireland, consisting of over 40,000 interlocking basalt columns of distinctive shape. Quite appropriately, its Irish name, Cloakin and Affair, means the Giant's Causeway. The island we dare not go to is the book's second fantastic country, Brodingnag, which was called Brodingrad in a chapter. The giant little girl is called Glumdalclitch. So that's also from the book. Interesting. I kind of want to read the book now, or at least download an audio version of it. (laughs) I was going to say read the book. (laughs) (laughs) You got jokes like Jack Black. (laughs) How dare you? Uh, Money Makes the World Go Round. Let's put this film in perspective with other films that were released this year so we get a feel financially held up to its peers. The budget for this film, $112 million. 
Good lord. What do you think this grossed in the US and the foreign box office combined? Um uh, 112 million it cost. 96 million. All right, Mishra. I think it did well because of the kids. All right. Uh I'm thinking how much was it again? 112 million was the budget. 214. In the US, this grossed 42.8 million dollars. In the foreign box office, this grossed 194.6 million dollars. What why? Thank you, children. The total worldwide gross is $237.4 million. Good God. Foreign, for, foreigners are stupid. <laughs> is Jack Black big in foreign markets? It's the story, man. It, it must, it's not Jack Black. It's the story. Yes. It, it must be Gulliver's Travels in the title. Many, Jonathan Swift is big in Europe. I don't know. Well, obviously, foreign people are stupid. <laughs> not not you, Sea Salt. You're cool. Um, but, oh, my uh, God. Yeah. This film debuted on December 22nd, 2010 with $6.3 million. This was the 74th highest grossing film of 2010. Number one that year was Toy Story 3. The, the least of all the Toy Stories, I think, as far as goodness. Meh. I, I didn't mind sto- Toy Story 3. Although Toy Story 4 was really good. I, I really liked Toy Story 4. And you're four? never gonna beat you're never gonna beat number one. Yeah, I remember four. Your four was just out like a year and a half, two years ago. Oh, oh right. Okay. Yes, with the spoon. <laughs> yes, yes that's right. Forky. Yeah, Forky. Right. Right. Okay. All right. That was 2010's Gulliver's Travels, directed by what was his name? Uh, Rob Letterman. So, check out our YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoilers Show. The website is ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Also, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so it can help us in the rankings. If you leave us a review and a recommendation, then we'll go to the top of our list. We'll watch it before any other request. Next week, it's Christmas time. Yay! Hey! So, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, that we did a new movie that came out. And we're going to follow up with its sequel. This is on Netflix. The 2020 version. The Christmas Chronicles 2. With Hollywood's boy, Kurt Russell. Is it on Netflix? It is I on know Netflix. it's on Disney+. Plus. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's, uh, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Okay. Maybe it's on both. Look at that. Cross promotion. Maybe. All right. Uh, it's, it's a very Christmas. I think it's on Disney+. Plus. I'm not sure. You might be right. Cares. You can find it wherever you find it. That's okay. I mistake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it's a fun, mm, it has the spirit of Christmas in it as, as much as I think you can have in a movie. The last one we did, I don't think I was a big fan of, but it, it did like, all right, I get the Christmas vibes. So let's just do that. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Until next time, I am Adam. I'm Cowboy. <laughs> and I'm last. <laughs>